Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, I know that many of you listening are considering moving away from your home country once this pandemic is over or sometime in the years to come. But a big sticking point about moving somewhere new is money, especially when it comes to if you need one, how do you find a job abroad? And luckily, I'm not going to be the one giving you these tips today. Joining us with practical tips is David McNeil. He's the founder of Expat Empire and the host of the Expat Empire podcast, where Tiffany recently appeared as a guest. He's also the author of Passport to Working in Japan, and he's lived abroad since 2014, currently joining us from Porto, Portugal. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, before you give us practical tips on how to find a job so that we can actually jump from one country to another when we finally can. Sure. How has it been to be in Portugal during the pandemic for you? Yeah, it's a great question. So I moved here in November of 2019. So I had a couple of months before it all uh, started, I guess you could say. So it was a good time to get settled here, but of course not enough time to make as many friends and acquaintances as I would have liked. However, they've been really great to all the foreigners here in terms of expiration dates on visas, They've kept things pretty well locked down. I mean, we had some spikes back in December, January, but since then, I think now we're one of the lowest in Europe in terms of the cases and the rates and things like that. So things are just starting to open back up. So it's great. It's a great time to be here. Like it's warm. Everyone's outside. There's a great energy. And yeah, we're hopeful for the future. Well, what was it like? Did they do a hard lockdown like they did in Italy? It was pretty severe from January, at least the most recent one was January until about maybe two weeks ago. Yeah, you didn't have to have a paper to be able to go out. You could kind of go out on your own, but definitely, of course, wearing a mask. And pretty much everything was closed except for takeaway and delivery. And even on the weekends now, everything closes at 1 p.m. All right, well, let's get to some practical tips. So a lot of people are thinking, you know, when this is over, I really want to change it up and change it up dramatically. But yeah, making money is a difficult thing. What can you advise? What should people be doing? So I think in terms of wanting to go abroad and to be able to make money internationally, there's many ways to do it. A couple that I think are worth pointing out are finding a local job. This is what I did when I moved first to Japan. I was in Tokyo for two years and then Berlin for three years and then here in Porto since November 2019, so about a year and a half. And uh, yeah, so I always found a local job. That's a great way to do it. You could also try to do an internal transfer at the company that you're working for. I really think, though, you have to be at the right place at the right time. And to be honest, coming out of this pandemic where we can see that people are able to work remotely, I'm not as convinced that it's going to be as easy to make that happen with an internal transfer as it might have been in the past. Oh, really? Why is that? It's more just my thinking it through, I guess, on my side. But it's it's really recognizing that there is so much that everyone can do remotely and they don't need to necessarily be there. I also think that 10, 15 plus years ago, It was a situation where there was so much growth, for example, in China, in India, and some of these countries. And so there were so many opportunities for executives or people with certain skill sets to be able to move to those countries and help the companies to grow there. However, I think it's just become a thing where certainly not in every case, not every country, but it's become more accepted that the local staff is maybe more trained up at this point and those opportunities are not as common as they used to be. But what about the argument where you could say, hey, I can, I've can. i been working from home for a year. Why can I work from Japan instead? <laughs> you know, do you think it could go in the reverse? 
Yeah, I think um, that's definitely another area of potential for the future in terms of working abroad is being able to indeed work remotely from anywhere. So I think it's a great concept. I think one of the challenges is being able to actually make it happen if you are an employee of a company for legal reasons. So you really, I, I would strongly recommend anyone listening that's interested in doing it, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about it, just to make sure with their company first before making any big moves. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing to uh, to go somewhere for a week or for a month. It's a whole separate story to actually try to get residents somewhere and then your company's on the hook for taxes and, and, and healthcare mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I would think about that. But of course, then I'm sure indeed there's going to be more and more digital nomads trying to make their own businesses mm-hmm. and be able to work online that way. So I see that as a huge opportunity as well as starting new businesses in other countries and being able to use that to sponsor your visa as well. I know that you expat empire is a business that you're building. How does that work in, in getting a visa? I know that you said that you got a job actually locally in the country, but do you have any sense of how you could be living in Portugal if that was all that you were doing? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if people have, for example, a business in another country, let's say the United States, a lot of people are coming from the United States specifically to Portugal, for example, because they have this visa called the D7 visa. It's a passive income visa and essentially means that you're getting income from another country. As long as you're getting enough of that income and able to prove that it's sustainable and, of course, meet all the requirements, then that can give you residence in a country here like Portugal. So, of course, not every country has that visa, but I imagine more and more countries will be rolling that out along with digital nomad visas and things like that in the near future. So it's an exciting time to be thinking about these possibilities. So your first tip, though, is to find a job that's local. Right. How do you go about doing that? How did you find your job? <laughs> yeah, definitely very different stories based on which country it was. But when I first started out, so I was always really interested in Japan. For me, that was my place. I was starting to study the language from when I was 12 years old. So I just had this dream of living there. And then I visited when I was 17 in high school and I just had my mind blown. So <laughs> that was really my first uh, target. And it took quite a long time to get there. I tried many routes. I wanted to graduate from university studying finance and Japanese and be able to work in Japan. Didn't happen that way. But um, I did ultimately find a job after graduation, a couple of years where I was working in finance, and then I moved into product management. And then long story short, basically, I got connected with a recruiter that was looking to fill a position in Japan. And that gave me the opportunity to get my foot in the door. And I just did whatever I could to uh, impress them. And thankfully, it was helpful, of course, that I had the Japanese language and cultural knowledge background, but I didn't actually have to prove my language abilities and it was it was an English-speaking role. So it was a, a rare find, but I'm very fortunate. And I would lo- like to say that, you know, there's some sort of fate involved. <laughs> and I think that's how a lot of these things work out for people. So, of course, I try to give as much helpful guidance as I can, but really um, it's keeping that hope alive and doing whatever you can to put that out there and see what opportunities come your way. So I guess to be more specific, figuring out how you can apply for jobs in that country. Of course, there's the normal international job boards, LinkedIn, Indeed, things like that. But what are the local opportunities, local job boards? Do you know anybody in the country that can put you in front of someone? You know, do you look at your LinkedIn connections? Maybe there's somebody there. You can also, you know, reach out to companies directly look at the biggest employers in that country or city and reach out to those companies. Definitely headhunters and recruiters as well, if you have a specialized skill set. And yeah, I'd say just really highlight the fact that you want to be there, that you have a great skill set, that you can do something other than just speaking English, for example, if you speak the language or if you have 
marketing skill set or of course, it depends on what you're looking for and you have to have the right qualifications and certifications. But I think those are some good places to start. Do you have any other tips? So definitely focus on the value that you can provide outside of just speaking another language. Explain why you want to be there. Keep going at it. That was a big thing for me was just consistently keeping that dream alive and charging down any path that appeared in front of me. And to that end, once the opportunity arises, be prepared to take it because you never know when it might come again, if ever. So what I mean by that is if you're not sure that you would be willing to pack up your stuff and leave in a week or a month, let's say, mm -hmm. you want to get yourself to be in that state of mind and that place and that comfort with being able to leave where you are just to be ready to go when the time comes and then just take it and run with it. I mean, it may not be the perfect opportunity for you. I'm not saying take everything that comes down your path because if you get there and three months later, you want to quit the job. And I mean, I've been in that boat. So, you know, and that can be hard to figure out from abroad, of course, until you're actually working for the company. But don't take in everything that comes to you or anything that comes to you, but rather just be prepared when the right opportunity comes and jump on it before anybody else can take it. Yes. Well, we definitely had a listener who took a job in Spain and very quickly upon arriving realized that it was not going to work out uh, and was uh, frantically trying to pivot what country can I jump to rather right. than just going back home after I just got here. So yeah, and ended up successfully in Milan. So it did work out. And that's so hard to know, right? Until you really are there and see the situation. Yeah, because you really only have the sense of what you can see from especially like a Skype or, you know, a remote, remote interview. Uh, I would recommend if people are really interested in moving to a specific country, especially a specific city or Berlin, for example, or London, to actually go there if you can and spend a couple of weeks and really fill your calendar with networking opportunities, with interviews, with anything that you can to try to get your foot in the door, because that really shows your desire to be there. And hopefully... If you're there able to spend a day in the office of a company you're really interested in, you can get a little bit more than you would be able to get out of just a couple of Skype 30-minute calls. So you've lived in five different countries now. Right. It's been a couple of months working in China and Beijing, and I also studied abroad in Singapore. So yeah, five countries so far. We are talking at the end of a pandemic. Did you and your wife ever consider leaving since you were so new to Portugal? Did you ever consider doing what many people did and debunk for their hometown? I've definitely known plenty of people that have done that over the last year. It's something that pretty much never crossed either of our minds. In a way, of course, we'd love to go and visit family. We can't now, but I mean, we miss those relationships and we've thought about, well, if we did this quarantine and that, but you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait it out for now. But in terms of actually making a move permanently, what's great, I think, in our situation is that so she's Japanese, but we met in Berlin. So we both met in a foreign country to both of us. Mm. And it was always a question of where's next that's not either of our home countries. So I think that mentality has really helped us in our relationship and also just in terms of planning and agreeing and collaborating on our travel and living abroad adventures. That's great. That's exciting. David McNeil, he is the founder of Expat Empire and he hosts the Expat Empire podcast. So you can find that show and look for Tiffany too. It's always fun to hear Tiffany in a different context. Yeah, <laughs> it was a super fun conversation. Yeah, I'm so glad. And thank you so much for joining me. It was fun to talk to you. Thanks for the tips. Yeah, absolutely. I hope it was helpful and look forward to keeping in touch. I'll let you know if I get any follow-up questions. Yeah, sure. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. 
And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life.